0: So Mm -hmm. often when I'm talking to my family on the East Coast and they say, should I be taking this or that? Well, if you're getting it from a drugstore or a Costco, no, I'd rather you not take it actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we look at baseline manufacturing as the entryway. Do you even pass that? Are the nutrients in their proper form from my certified nutrition specialist standpoint, are the nutrients in the most bioavailable forms that are going to do the least harm? So this is, for example, in looking at something like folic acid, which is a synthetic form of folate, which is a pretty big subset of the population who can't activate folic acid. So it's possible that actually unmetabolized folic acid can build up in the system and cause problems. Do I believe this is safe? Would I take it myself? Do I believe it's safe and effective? I don't carry things that are necessarily trendy. When Dr. Oz was big, they would come in and be like, do you have raspberry ketones? Do you have XYZ? No, I don't. I haven't seen clinically that it works.
1: You're listening to Plant Love Radio, episode number 72. Welcome to Plant Love Radio, a place where you'll discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and resilient life through the wonders of herbal medicine. I'm your host, Lana Camille, a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. you love my amazing guests herbal teachers, clinicians, medicine makers, growers, and artists. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hello, friends. I hope you're having a great day. A few years back, I discovered a product called Rishi Rose at one of herbal conferences. I fell in love with it and got to interview its creator sometime back. I will include a link to the previous interview for you to check out. As I learned more about the ladies who brought it to life, I realized that one of them is the owner of a wonderful herbal apothecary and practice called Pharmacopia. One of the reasons I became so fascinated is it takes a lot of skill and energy to have a formulary that carries many excellent products, and I wanted to learn more on how an owner of such practice does this. Fast forward to today and meet Lily Mazzarella. Lily is an herbalist, nutritionist, teacher, a whole foods chef, and a writer. Her journey for healing her own complex health challenges sparked her interest in herbal medicine, nutrition, and other modalities. Lily is the formulator and creator of pharmacopous line of signature tinctures, bitters, adaptogen powders, and superfoods. As I mentioned earlier, she's also co-founder and formulator of Rishi Roast Original and Rishi Roast Elixir. Today, she can be found in her clinical practice at Pharmacopoeia, teaching for a variety of audiences or at the California School of Herbal Studies, serving as a community project expert advisor on herbal medicine, botanizing in the desert, and engaging in urban wildfire recovery. This episode is coming out around the time when many of us are starting to look for holiday gifts. A little while ago, I came to a conclusion that herbal products, skincare, and food make the best holiday gifts. As a result, I'm especially excited to share this conversation with you today. This episode has a raffle of Pharmacopeia Superpower Adaptogenic Powder Blend for Energy, Mood, and Stress. The winner of this raffle will get to experience an awesome blend of adaptogens such as Eleuthero, maca, ashwagandha, and licorice with a yummy spice combination of cardamom, nutmeg, and cinnamon and more. To enter this raffle, please head over to co slash plantloveradia and share your thought on today's episode. Today, we will be talking about Lily's vetting process as she selects product lines that she carries and why you should follow a similar approach when you select your supplements or herbal products. We'll discuss some of the categories of natural skincare products and how Lily developed pharmacopoeia's line of tinctures and seasonal cleanses. To get all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to the show notes at plantloveradio.com slash 72. Enjoy. Lily, hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Nice to see you, Lana. Nice to see you too. I'm so delighted that you are coming back. Last time, we talked about a product that you created when you were going through your herbal program, and I will definitely include the link to this interview for our listeners so they can explore it. But today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of your more recent adventures. But for our listeners that haven't heard you, could you talk a little bit on how you got started in herbal medicine?
0: Yes. So I I may have mentioned this the last time we chatted, but I grew up in suburban New Jersey. And it was actually a really beautiful and green space. I spent a lot of time in nature. And really, nature is my first love. And I'm sort of finding myself returning to that, the longer I am in practice, actually. But we had no alternative medicine whatsoever. There wasn't even a chiropractor in town. I mean it was <laughs> just a total dead zone vis-a-vis any kind of herbal medicine, naturopathy, acupuncture. So I went through my you know undergraduate schooling majoring in English actually. And then through college, I developed sort of mysterious, health issues. And kind of looking back on it, they had actually been there since childhood, I had a lot of skin issues and digestive issues, um, lots of reactions to food, you know, just kind of strange and chronic health stuff that wasn't actually being addressed by the family doctor or the health center at, at university. And so after graduation, when I was living on my own in New York City and not having the healthiest of lifestyles, waitressing and working really late nights and partying a fair amount, my health issues intensified. But I was in New York City, so I had so much more available to me. There are some amazing herb stores there, actually, that were there way back when that are still there, like Flower Power and, and Tegel Yoga natural vitamin. I started seeking out acupuncture for my digestive skin, immune issues, and issues I had with my menstrual cycle. And I saw a elderly Chinese practitioner in Chinatown who someone had referred me to. And this was like one of those pivotal moments where you just recognize that there's like a whole universe there that you have been previously unaware of. So I I found this place, I think it was on Grand Street in Chinatown, and there was a younger guy and his elderly uncle was the pulse doctor there, the pulse and tongue doctor and herbalist. And so you go into the herb shop and I didn't really recognize anything. Like nothing was like visually relatable to me. I had no idea what anything was in the jars. And so this very nice man led me back to his elderly uncle and he took my pulses and looked at my tongue and pronounced something to his nephew. And he said to me, double period. And that month was the first month I had ever actually had a mid-cycle bleed. My my menstrual cycle was really regular, very painful, but really regular. And this guy, having not even spoken to me at all, was able to detect through my pulses and tongue that I had had this alteration or disturbance in my menstrual cycle, which was just phenomenal. And I was in there actually for respiratory and immune issues. And those are the herbs I went away with and cooked daily for about three weeks, you know, drank this kind of sludge, like I bought the clay pot from them and cooked everything down. And I got better. I mean, getting better wasn't a one time thing. You know, my lungs healed, I, I, I had been sick for months, and I was no longer sick. So it was a really eye opening experience. So I started going to acupuncture. And actually, for a while, that's what I thought I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to be an acupuncturist. This is clearly amazing. And then I ended up leaving New York City after realizing it was not great for my nervous system. And I had already started self study in herbs. And alongside working in restaurants, I was also working in an herb shop. And Mm -hmm. Just kind of doing what so many people do in the beginning of their herbal medicine careers, which is just reading everything you can get your hands on. And I mean, I'm sure you relate. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I ended up moving to Ithaca, New York site unseen. I just thought, well, this is my next move. And I found out that there was an herb school there with a wonderful herbalist named Seven Song. And so I attended his Northeast School of Botanical Medicine in 2001 I believe and that school is still running and I highly recommend it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was a nine month intensive program we learned botany and wildcrafting. he's an incredible botanizer and body systems and herbal medicine but when I finished that program I just wanted more so I kept going <laughs> right, right. yeah yeah and so what was the next step So the next step was a year long uh, program with Matthew Wood that was run through uh, some herbalists in Woodstock, New York, one of whom has an amazing book on skincare, Dina Falcone, Earthly Mm -hmm. Bodies and Heavenly Hair. She's an incredible herbalist. She's a fabulous person. And she and her business partner were bringing Matthew Wood in for like a four day stretch every month for a year. So... Mm -hmm. We would go and stay there and do learning with him. And after that, I realized I really wanted a stronger clinical education. And I had met the famous and fantastic herbalist James Snow at Seven Song School. Uh, They're good friends. They go way back. And he told us about a program that was starting in Maryland uh, at what is now the Maryland University of Integrative Health that there was going to be a three-year master's of science program in herbal medicine, in clinical herbal medicine. And the head of the program was going to be Simon Mills, who is a famous British phytotherapist, just an amazing author and thinker, researcher, clinician. And it just planted the seed. I thought, okay, I think that's where I'm headed. But I needed to actually go back to school and get a bunch of science prerequisites and I was still considering acupuncture school, which required even more prerequisites. So I did that for about a year, continuing kind of self-study and gaining more science education, which was great. I love being a later in life learner. It's really wonderful. And then I did pursue the program starting in 2003 in Maryland, and it was incredible. It was three-year full-time education in physiology, pathophysiology, pharmacology, herb-drug interactions, you name it, medicine-making, all of it. I feel really lucky to have attended the program when it was in that form. It's kind of since morphed. I think it's being turned into a naturopathic program now, actually. Mm -hmm. The programs have split into nutrition and and naturopathy. And we actually had a big nutrition portion of our program as well. Yeah, it was a 96 credit program when I went, which is actually more than a PhD. (laughs) It was really intensive. (laughs) So again, I feel really lucky about that. And at the end of that, I moved with my then partner out to Northern California, where I still am today. I really lucked out in that pretty soon after getting here, I started teaching at the California School of um, Herbal Studies, which was founded by Rosemary Gladstar. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful resource out in Forestville, California. And I recommend to anybody to come and do their intensive roots program. They also have intermediate programs and weekend programs. So I began teaching there and started my clinical practice after getting here. That
1: is fabulous. So was there anything in particular that attracted you to the West Coast?
0: Well, I do love the East Coast. I grew up there and my family is in the DC area, but kind of living between two beltways, I was really missing my nature connection Mm -hmm. and just felt that I needed a move. And my partner had a great job offer and I thought, okay, I'll do this. Yeah. So I'm realizing some of the bigger decisions in my life I, I make actually fairly quickly and impulsively. <laughs> and I think it's good that I just get my brain out of the way. I think
1: it's really common. That's fabulous. So you came to California and after
0: several years, you began managing Pharmacopia, right? So there was a, a small business in a medical park in, in Santa Rosa, California called Pharmacopia, And it was started by a neurologist and a lay herbalist, and they were way ahead of the curve. They started this business in the late nineties offering herbal medicine and sort of practitioner line supplements, which then were really only available in doctor's offices and through practitioners. Now they have more broad availability, but then that's really where you needed to go to get them. So it was a little postage stamp sized, place. And I came in there to manage it when one of the owners moved to South America. And the other owner, the neurologist was a silent partner. So he was never really involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he did write a great book, It's Herbs and Nutrients for Neurologic Conditions. So he's a real proponent of Mm -hmm. natural medicine and nervous system, Sydney Kern. And So, I came on to manage, and it was a really interesting time actually. Karen, one of the previous owners, she left on the eve of the economic collapse. So, I started taking care of this business, like in what was a really major recession. And I had such a great time connecting with the public. So, you people were coming in on a walk in basis, and I was blending herbal medicines for them with our tincture bar and really just getting so much feedback. People were able to come back in, I'd speak to them for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then they'd be able to come back in a few days later and tell me how things were going, I could change the formula. And I also started practicing there, there weren't any practitioners practicing at the time. Mm -hmm. And then after a few years, I realized I wanted to turn pharmacopoeia into something different and bigger and more, more keeping with my vision and with the times. So I bought out the owners and it's a very different business now. But as Mm -hmm. I was saying to you earlier, I really love the name. So I kept the name. And now we are a few times in size what we were previously. And we have about six or seven practitioners there. We have naturopaths and herbalist nutritionists and acupuncturist, osteopath, Bowen worker, We have people doing energy work and aromatherapy. So we have an incredible array of practitioners. We have a low cost clinic, Mm -hmm. where some of our sort of bright young herbal stars are beginning their practices. And yeah, and I've been practicing there now for, gosh, how long? I started in 2007. So a long time, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we've expanded, we've knocked down walls, and since really expanded not just our clinical offerings, but also what we have in our apothecary. Mm -hmm. So we still have the tincture bar, which is fabulous. But we also carry um, a ton of skincare and beauty Everyone who works there is obsessed with that. It's so much fun. We do a lot of nervous system, sleep, stress, insomnia, pain management. So we have a, like a really big offering for that. And so we still carry the practitioner line supplements, which we vet very carefully any lines we bring on. As we recently did, actually, when we decided to bring on CBD products, I went through a several months long vetting process mm-hmm. to decide what were the guidelines that I was personally using, what were my standards to bring on these products. So everything from growing practices to supply chain to types of testing, availability of testing to both the consumer and to me as the you know provider or purveyor. So it's, it's a really, really interesting line of work to be in. And then Pharmacopeia has its own line of products that I've developed over the years in working with Literally thousands of people. I think there's a lot of good herbal medicine available on the market these days. I mean, it's good quality in that it's organically grown and it's been tested properly. But has the formula actually been utilized with people, like with real people? Right. Like, has it been sort of clinically it's tested? Effective, right? Right. Yeah, right. Is it, yeah, is it effective? Right. So when I reached out to you for this
1: conversation, one of my personal questions was, what is the process that you use to select some of these groups of supplements? And the reason Mm -hmm. for that is I've been on your mailing list for a number of months. It's always really interesting to, to see things that you carry and that are available to your clients. But my question was, If there is someone who is either thinking of starting an apothecary or someone Mm -hmm. who is going to apothecary and kind of thinking like what is it that they carry? Can I trust these products? Mm -hmm. How do you approach this? How do you look at the manufacturers? how right. do you make your decision? So you mentioned CBD, and this was a, one of the conversations that I had not long ago with one of my teachers, David Winston. He was talking about CBD products and how difficult it is right now to actually determine who is a, a reputable and high quality, where these products are coming Absolutely. from, because it's just very trendy. So yeah. what is your approach? Not just CBD, but in general.
0: Yeah, well, I'll actually use CBD as an example, though. And it's such a good example. David's totally right about that. I guess I'll start off by saying I have some baseline standards, I guess I would call them things being manufactured in registered GMP facilities, for example. So that's very important to me when people are taking... Concentrated nutrients in particular, like quote unquote supplements, I want to make sure that if a product says that it contains 10,000 IUs of vitamin A, that it doesn't contain 1,000 or 100,000, which we know based on various independent testing organizations that go out and pull products from the shelf, that can be so. So, Mm -hmm. I often when I'm talking to my family on the East Coast and they should I be taking this or that? Well, if you're getting it from a drugstore or a Costco, no, I'd rather you not take it actually. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So we look at baseline manufacturing as the entryway. Do you even pass that? And then if, if you do, then you have, okay, how much third-party testing is there? Are the nutrients in their in their proper form from my CNS, my certified nutrition specialist standpoint, are the nutrients in the most bioavailable forms that are going to do the least harm. So this is, for example, in looking at something like folic acid, which is a synthetic form of folate, which is a pretty big subset of the population who can't activate folic acid, who can't put it through numerous steps to kind of activate it to active folate. So it's possible that actually unmetabolized folic acid can build up in the system and cause problems or occupy binding sites for active folate. And hey, that means that you're doing harm. So I really take first do no harm. I mean, I'm I'm not a medical doctor, but I do think it's a really good premise to just start from there. Do I believe this is safe? Would I take it myself? Do I believe it's safe and effective? So there's just some checking in with myself. I don't carry things that are necessarily trendy. When Dr. Oz was big, they would come in and be like, do you have raspberry ketones? Do you have XYZ? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen this around long enough to to know. There's not enough science on it, or it's all based on extrapolation. I haven't seen clinically that it works or whatever. So manufacturing, purity, third-party testing, type and availability, bioavailability of nutrients. Form that the nutrient is in. A lot of supplements are formulated with sort of inexpensive and poor quality forms of nutrients, mm-hmm. um, particularly on the B vitamin front. Sometimes you see D2 instead of D3, things like that. We also have the good fortune to have so many good practitioners working at Pharmacopoeia who all carry the same high standards and all are really interested in clinical efficacy. So we also kind of pool information from our own network, which I think is really awesome and important to do. But back to the CBD issue, I had to really educate myself about all the issues around not just the legalities of carrying and selling CBD based products, but the safety. And then of course, the sort of the manufacturing standards, the labeling standards, are things being third-party tested? Do we know the amount that is in the bottle mm-hmm. is actually what's in the bottle? And I was inundated with samples, these slick, they looked kind of like pharmaceutical company, like packages of, dare I say, quite wasteful packaging mm-hmm. of Like products. I had no idea. Is the CBD isolate? Where was it made? And then it was really easy to start distinguishing the companies who understood the issues around growing and manufacturing, testing. So, sustainability, Mm -hmm, really, mm -hmm. and using at at minimum organic practices in growing, uh, ideally regenerative practices, which is kind of a step beyond. (laughs) It's not. Sustainability is sustaining what we have, which is a little bit problematic and regenerative practices can go even beyond that. And then looking at CBD as one constituent in hemp that actually may function better with a panoply of constituents. So that is designated as full spectrum. And it's something that I believe does make a difference. So that was one of the standards for wanting to carry full spectrum products. Isolate is preferable for some individuals for a number of reasons, but we made an effort to carry full-spectrum products as well so that CBD could function with the extremely trace amounts of THC, 0.3% or less in addition to the other cannabinoids. And that's something that's been touted as the entourage effect. But in herbal medicine, we've been talking about it forever, synergy and using whole plant medicine versus isolated constituents. And there's a time and a place for everything. I'm not a dogmatist, but in general, I prefer whole plant medicine. Hence my tincture bar and my product line is very whole Mm plant-based. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Just a quick pause
1: to remind you that today's episode has a raffle of Pharmacopeia's Superpower Adaptogenic Powder Blend for energy, mood, and stress. The product contains awesome adaptogens like Eleuthero, maca, ashwagandha, and licorice, and a combination of cardamom, nutmeg, and cinnamon, and more. To enter this raffle, please head over to co feecom slash plantloveradio and share your thoughts on today's episode, or you can always get to the same link through our show notes. Also, a winner of our last episode's raffle of Avraveda's Invision Elixir is LF. Please reach out to me at lana at camille.com with your contact information. Congratulations. So you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that you have a beauty and skin care Mm -hmm. line. And so a lot of these products come from other manufacturers. Once again, how did you decide to develop this particular line? What are some Mm -hmm. of the products that come into it Do you have any favorites? You said that a lot of your practitioners that you really love and experiment with this. And also, how
0: do you counsel your patients on these? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say that we have a range of, of skincare lines that we carry, and they appeal to different people, different personalities, different needs. So we have some skincare products that are very sort of small batch, handmade. Simple ingredient, so Herb Apothecary, for example. She's a a single herbalist in California making really lovely products. She has oil-based serums that are just absolutely delicious. A green tea serum and a sun worshiper serum. I love her products. They are so alive and beautifully packaged. So there's just this pleasure in utilizing Mm -hmm. them as well. And they feel very planty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have some lines that are a little bit more results oriented and that do carry some of the more specialized ingredients in them. Mm -hmm. So things like hyaluronic acid, we carry the line hyalogic. So hyaluronic acid is this really interesting molecule that is diffuse in our bodies and holds a lot of water. So it's amazing for tissue and skin hydration. Mm-hmm. And so it's something you can take orally as well as apply topically. And in terms of feedback from our customers, that's something that they notice the results of very quickly. So mm-hmm. a lot of the more natural based skincare, you're seeing results over time. You're kind of moving your skincare routine away from chemical based stuff towards natural stuff. And sometimes that movement is a little slower. But hyaluronic acid tends to be something that people use it and kind of notice the same day. They're like, wow, my skin looks great. Or I did this hyaluronic acid mask before I went out and people commented about my skin or whatever. So that's a nice feeling for people at times. We carry a line that I love from two sisters in Arizona. So it's they actually live in high desert and so it's a really wonderfully nourishing, like rich line. And I'm spacing out on the name right now of them. It'll come to me in a moment and I'll let you know. But so they have a line that I would say is kind of like is hybrid. It's somewhere between like herb apothecary and hyalogic. Like they, they have some of those sort of high performing ingredients.
1: Beak um, sense.
0: Peak Sense. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. They're lovely. I met them at the Southwest Naturopathic Herbal Conference a few Mm -hmm. years ago at the marketplace there and decided to bring them on to Pharmacopeia. And they have a beautiful rose line and they're wonderful to work with. So we've really enjoyed them and our customers love them. And then we carry some skincare from Galen's Way, who is also our tincture manufacturer. And Matthew and I go way back. Matthew Persico of Gamblin's Way is just an incredible medicine maker. And mm-hmm. actually, his first love is topical herbal medicine, and he's really, really good at it. He's known now more for his tinctures, but he still makes his Skin Salvation and Rose Cream and Integray Cream and Every Man Cream. So he makes beautiful, beautiful skincare. And I think he makes the best rose cream out there.
1: Do you agree? I agree with you because nothing <laughs> smells like roses as much as his
0: cream. So they are absolutely divine. Yeah, I know. That light texture and yeah, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. we carry his products, of course. And we will be actually carrying some CBD based skincare, facial skincare soon, which is really exciting. CBD actually has some really interesting applications for skin issues. So I've been researching a lot about the endocannabinoid system and skin, having had a long history of eczema, which I no longer have, thank you. Mm-hmm. But it is one of the things I, I think about a lot. And then we carry this great line of natural deodorants and things that people don't even know, like you can have a shampoo bar for your hair. So we carry this line called Meow Meow Tweet which has compostable or recyclable packaging so you can step away from, say, a plastic shampoo bottle Mm -hmm. and not have liquid while you travel, which is actually really nice. I just traveled and brought like a sliver of it. I cut off a piece and it functioned as a body soap and my shampoo while I was away. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they make really, really sweet products, very, very herby, beautiful scents. And yeah, I use their deodorant, their cream deodorant, which I never thought I'd do, but I love it and it's gotten me away from like the plastic rollerball deodorant, which is really nice. So
1: Very good. Very nice. Thank you. A couple of times you mentioned that Matthew makes your tinctures and you were talking earlier about the tincture bar. And I want to ask Mm -hmm. you a little bit about that. So how did your line get started? So there is an entire line of pharmacopoeia Mm -hmm. tinctures and products. Can you talk a little
0: bit about that? I can. Yes. So in the pharmacopoeia line, we have a few powders. We have some really luscious body oils, and then as you were mentioning, Lana, we have a whole line of of herbal tinctures to address different concerns. And these are formulas that have evolved over time, like I was saying before, it, kind of interacting with so many people over the years in the walk-in clinic setting and then in my private practice, which I've done full-time now for many years. Um, really seeing these formulas as They're kind of the base or core formula from which I find myself adjusting for specific individuals. When I'm seeing someone one-on-one or in person and I'm learning about them, I'm going to adjust a formula for a whole bunch of different factors, including constitution, personal likes and dislikes, do you prefer lavender or peppermint, ginger or orange peel, things like that. And also like, hey, this ginger's a little bit heating. Is that appropriate for this person mm-hmm. here? or for the system that it's going to, say, the reproductive system or the digestive system? That it might be a person that has some heat in their system, but their digestive tract is evidencing some cold and damp patterns, in which case, hey, ginger is going to be you know, really appropriate. So when I'm working one-on-one with a person, these formulas get very much tailored to them Mm-hmm. And I select herbs based on them. But as I say, there are these sort of backbone formulas that I feel really comfortable putting out to the public as kind of a balanced formula that would address, say, sleep or in the moment stress. Actually, one of our most popular blends is called In the Moment and mm-hmm. it's for kind of acute stress, anxiety. Sleep Now is our probably our other top blend. So you can see. what's going on culturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have an immune line got sick and not sick. So things that I found to be really effective for a large swath of the population over time, like nothing's appropriate for everyone. As you know, it's why a lot of the research on herbal medicine doesn't sometimes pan out because actually we as herbalists wouldn't use it that way or we wouldn't give it to that person. But these tinctures, these blends really do seem to interact with most people's physiologies really well and we've gotten amazing feedback about them and so we have different lines like energy and stress and sleep we have libido another major concern for people as stress becomes outsized in people's lives it's often one of the first things to go along with sleep and then digestion of course we have a whole bitters line and the immunity line and then we have a a couple of really popular herbal powders we have our stress adapt powder and our radical immune powder so many people these days are making smoothies and energy balls and bites and alternative lattes and so these powders really lend themselves to all of those things and they're tasty but they're really really medicinally dense they have um, concentrated medicinal mushroom extracts in them and one of them is basically all adaptogens Mm -hmm. and so those products are are really fun and they get featured in our seasonal cleanses, which you and I have talked a little bit about. That's a seasonal program that I wrote for people to get in touch with food and herbal medicine and their bodies in different seasons. And that the kind of the health gifts and challenges that that season presents.
1: You call them cleanse, and in many minds, it triggers a certain way of thinking about it. But when I was looking at your cleanses and tinctures, yeah. you you figure out how to use this line of products to support the cleanses. Can we talk just for a second? How are your cleanses different from what people might see on the market? Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting. I, 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 I would say I was like... <laughs> pretty anti-cleanse, anti-detox. I don't believe people are quote-unquote toxic. Our bodies have cleansing systems. We have detoxification systems. We just need to support them and get out of the way. So that was my belief system for a really long time. And it still is. It's my foundation. What I found was that in practice, I was actually leading people through anti-inflammatory elimination diets all the time Mm -hmm. and it was actually the prerequisite for healing and for moving forward on the health issues that they wanted movement on and without it we were asking the herbs to do too much it wasn't fair to the herbs to swim upstream against the wrong food supply Mm -hmm. and inflammatory processes out of control in the body and the digestive tract having havoc wreaked in it on a daily basis so it really kind of co-evolved this use of herbal medicine and these anti-inflammatory elimination diets where we just simplify the diet and they're very different from your typical cleanse so thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing that up so you eat food (laughs) you eat animal protein if you desire and so they are food and nutrient based so for example the spring cleanse is the liver gallbladder season and we use food and herbal medicines that support that system and I I just see people feeling great with it. So they're in their diets, they're emphasizing artichokes and beets and burdock and we provide recipes for all those things. And then if they desire, they can either just do the food portion or if they desire, they can also include herbal medicines and healing bulking fibers and things like that to kind of clear out the digestive tract and clear up accumulations and stagnations It's an opportunity to introduce herbal bitters. So we have a gallbladder bitters that really, really gets bile flowing, which is, again, one of our main routes of detoxification. So if we can enhance both the production and flow of bile, then, you know, we're in good shape. And then we move into seasons like summer. So we're focusing on inflammation and we emphasize foods, celery and cherries and other brightly colored berries and maybe lighter foods like Salads and colder foods instead of more cooked foods, which we would emphasize in spring, fall, and winter. So, summer, we have a cherry elixir, for example, that you can take before sleep because the tart cherry is actually a great natural source of melatonin. And then we have relaxing herbs in there. So, people who might normally finish their day with a glass of wine can have a glass of sparkling water with the cherry bomb in it, and everybody's happy. (laughs) That sounds absolutely lovely. (laughs) So Pharmacopeia
1: is on the West Coast in California, but people that live in other places also have access to your wisdom. There are recipes, different things. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's available to someone who is not local?
0: Yeah. Well, first I want to say I have clients all over the country. I have a big New York City contingent. I have people everywhere. So I've been working with people via you know Skype and Zoom for as long as I've been in practice. And, mm-hmm. and not all of our practitioners, but some of our practitioners do the same. And so that's a really nice way that Pharmacopeia has kind of spread. And then I've taught at various locations. So sometimes people go off and bring a little bit of Pharmacopeia back to Wisconsin or wherever. Mm-hmm. So we have a website, which is something that developed when I bought the previous owners out it has a huge amount of information on it. So it has a recipe section with many years of accumulated recipes, all of which fall under this kind of anti-inflammatory rubric. And so they're absent of ingredients that typically provoke inflammation in a body. So no dairy, wheat, gluten, soy, sugar, nightshades, et cetera. So for people looking for just good tasty anti-inflammatory recipes that's mm-hmm. a, it's a great resource and then there's some other recipes like shrub recipes and some cocktail recipes just some fun stuff on there a couple of skincare and then we do have a blog so there are articles online and we also have a section for urban wildfire because we in California deal with that mm-hmm. quite a bit as an air quality issue and nervous system trauma issue so, we really try to offer a lot on our website. And we are also launching a nonprofit in partnership with some other local organizations. And so, soon there will be more information up about that as well. Also, you know, Instagram and Facebook, but Instagram more has become a real fantastic opportunity to kind of connect with your audience in a really broad way. And I get that there are issues with our phone-based living and with social media in general, but I happen to really enjoy it. I consider it like one modality among many, you mm-hmm. know, and it's how people are relating now. So it's nice to be able to post more depthful things at times. So people can kind of understand as a business owner where I'm coming from, just my mindset about things. That's something that previously a customer wouldn't necessarily be aware of. And then of course, we just let people know about products and sales and things like that. Also, we post when we have classes, which we do quite regularly.
1: As we're coming to an end, I have two questions. So one of them is, can you tell us how to find you, what mm-hmm. the website is, and uh, Instagram? And then if you have any parting thoughts, whether this might be something that would be useful for another budding practitioner, herbalist, or for someone that wants to understand what herbal apothecaries really carry, wonderful types of products, or so anything that comes to mind.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, first, in order to get in touch with me, I would say our website is www.pharmacopia.net. And that's F and Frank Frank, A-R-M-A-C-O-P-I-A.net. And that's our store. That's the recipes. It's all of it. So you can do online shopping. You can sign up for our newsletter. First of all, you get a discount you know, on your purchase when you do that. But it also lets you know when we have a sale or when we start carrying new products. And then our Instagram is at Pharmacopia. And I have my own Instagram is at lily.Nazzarella. And then Reishi Roast, which we got the opportunity to speak to you about a few months ago, is sold on the Pharmacopia website. So that's delicious medicinal mushroom coffee substitute. That's fabulous. Thank you. And then in terms of parting thoughts, I feel like the world of herbal medicine has really been exploding. I I could have never imagined this when I started and it was just existing around the edges. I mean, St. John's Word had made a big splash and maybe Kava was starting to do that. But I really could have never imagined that herbal medicine would be where it is today. So one thought is that we need to continue to be cognizant of herbal medicine as natural product that comes from the earth. And as stewards of the earth, that we want to just be careful about our appetites. <laughs> and I include myself in that. Mm-hmm. It's just something I think a lot about these days. There's a lot of really good information out there, but there's a lot of like not so good information. So to just just practice discernment around what you're taking on faith when you're reading it. There's a lot of things in herbal medicine that just get repeated and doesn't necessarily mean they're true. <laughs> So that's a
1: parting thought. <laughs> that, Lily, thank you so much. This was fabulous. Oh, thank you, Lana. It was great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation with Lily Mazzarella. To get all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to the show notes at plantloveradio.com. Are you listening to Plant Love Radio for the first time? Please subscribe to the podcast to seamlessly get future episodes downloaded to your device. I'm so thrilled to introduce you to many amazing guests and topics. And of course, nothing says thank you better than sharing this show with a friend who might enjoy it and giving us a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much in advance. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting me once or on a monthly basis. The best way to do this is through the website where I post the giveaways, co ficom slash plantloveradio. You can also find the link on my website. The music you hear in the introduction was written by a neighbor of mine, David Scholl, and is called Something About Cat. My deepest gratitude to Bill Gilligan for this opportunity to play it. Thanks again for being here today. I really appreciate you. Till the next time, thank you for loving plants and planting love.